My guest today is an inferno of creativity, passion, and drive. A fellow Seattle native, Maddie Owen is a fine artist and painter who has carved a path as a full-time artist and business owner. Maddie tells the story about how she became an artist and shares tangible, valuable bits of advice that can be really applied to any ambitious professional looking to find their own path. We talk about finding your voice as an artist, overcoming creative roadblocks, maximizing productivity over the long term, and just getting your life in order before you go out and try to achieve your goals. I think that was probably one of the biggest takeaways I had. Maddie shared some wisdom with me that I was not ready for, but definitely listening to this conversation, it was just as interesting and actually probably more valuable to listen back to it the second time than it was to be a part of it, just because it was that good. So I'm very excited to share this this podcast with the world. Without further ado, let's go to Maddie's studio where we recorded this podcast. Hey Maddie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's great to be here in your studio. Yeah. On Thursday night. Yes, it's nice in here. Yeah, so we're gonna have cars driving by. We've got Carrie in the back over there painting. Carrie, what are you working on? You wanna say hi really quick? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. We're just gonna acknowledge that we, we're, uh, we're working with uh, the real constraints of being in an artist studio. Yes. With you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Carrie likes to work late. Good, good productive energy late yeah, at night. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get into all that. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you just because um, we actually met recently, mm-hmm. and I've just been so interested in like what you're working on, and kind of I feel like I've sort of seen just in the last couple of months a cool kind of transition in you and just like a lot of creative energy going and I want to get into all that Um, but first let's just start with how you got into painting in the first place well I always kind of drew you know like how all kids draw Um, just nothing realistic or just you know kid drawings in middle school I didn't draw at all because not cool (laughs) and then when I was hold on, why was it not cool? I don't know. Just in middle school, I I don't know. I didn't draw. I okay. stopped drawing. Then, when I was freshman in high school, I asked for some charcoal for my birthday, and I would draw like a sketch a month, maybe. I wasn't very into it. Um, it was just kind of I don't know very casual Mm -hmm. but it was Um, sort of there's kind of a seed planted sitting there yeah it was kind of just there um junior year I took an art class so you actually had to fill up a sketchbook so that kind of forced me to do some stuff and then um you know my mom was blogging at the time and she saw this artist on the blogosphere um her name's April Copini and she lives April Copini and she lives in Portland with three kids my mom was like wow her drawings are amazing they look like your drawings you should go like just live with her for a while so you had a similar style to her yeah like uh she did and still does a lot of charcoal drawings of animals and stuff and she's um she's actually really successful now and she was kind of just like coming up at that time so that would have been like 2013 but you went to live with her I literally just went and visited her, um, and then I went 
and I did stay with her for like a week or so. And I just pretty much watched. The deal was that I would watch her kids kind of while she would do art during the day. And I cooked all the meals. I just pretty much made her life as a mom easier. How did you make this connection, first of all? I just emailed her. You just reached out? Yeah. Wow. And then we went down and met her before I did like the week stay, just to kind of say hi. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just in Portland, so it's just a three hour drive. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I remember when I was drawing with her in her studio, when I was staying with her, um, she looked at my work. I was drawing some like charcoal horse or something. She was like, wow, you're really good. Like you should go be an artist. Don't go to Western Washington and major in psychology, which is what I was gonna do. Um, and she was actually supporting her three kids and her husband who was, I don't think he worked at the time. I think he was going to school to be a teacher off of her art sales. Wow. Yeah. So she was hustling she and was crushing. She was hustling and uh-huh. crushing. I was like, wow, she's doing it. So yeah, if she can do it. Yeah, yeah. totally. So then <clears throat> I got back with my stay from her, just super invigorated. Um, and then I made a little studio in my basement. And then I just was like, okay, I'm going to make charcoal animals just like April Copini. And I did. And that's kind of when I decided I would be an artist. I had a show. Um at this coffee shop uh, called Miro Tea in Ballard, Seattle. And I I sold a ton from that show and I got like a lot of commissions. So that was positive. And then I I entered some competitions, high school competitions, which I would highly recommend anybody who is in high school and listening to this. High school competitions are the easiest competitions because the competition is (laughs) not very stiff. Like as soon as you leave high school, it's like... It's hard. To, Interesting. To so win taking advantage of that opportunity. Take advantage yeah. of being a high school student, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, it's not like a given that you're going to win, but it's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won won a lot of those, and then this mom saw me. She was just in the audience of the competition, and in my sixth period math class, I was just sitting there, and I got this letter delivered to me in my math class and I opened it up and it was from this mom who had seen me in the competition and she was like, I want my son to study with whoever your art tutor is. And I didn't have an art tutor. (laughs) And so she was like, or you could also just teach him, like just, you need to teach my son. Like my son needs to learn from you pretty much. And I was a senior and he was a freshman and I was like, oh yeah, I totally give art lessons. And I Googled like art tutor rates. Wink, wink, yeah. (laughs) And so I had the son come over to my, uh, my parents' basement where my studio was and they drove all the way from Issaquah, which was like an hour every week on Sundays and I would teach him just basic drawing, and that's how my business got started. Wow. And then she talked to her friends, and, you know, people just talk. And there you go. Amazing. That, yeah. that is so such there, an amazing there's story. My art, Thank you for and that. then I went to art school after I graduated from high school. And so that was the story. So you of that. jumped in, basically, you, you took a few months off and jumped right in um, instead of going to a four year school. You just yeah, I applied for some four year art colleges, but they're just like astronomically expensive. And there is this uh, kind of a technical drawing school that was in Seattle. It was called Gage, it's 
it is still standing. It is called. <laughs> hasn't been uh, it hasn't burned down, yet, yeah. actually, surprisingly. It's an old building, but it's called Gage Academy of Art. And I studied there in the Mark King O'Higgins Atelier for three years, which is pretty much like a group of 20 artists who study under one master artist and he comes in twice a week and you pretty much just are putting in 40 plus hours of studio time, but there's no grades, there's no assignments really. There are some, but they're kind of like take it or leave it. And they're pretty much, he's pretty much there to educate you on the professional art world and to train you to pretty much be a professional artist. Um, and the students are ranging in ages. Ranging in ages from my kids have kids to I'm literally just out of high school like me. Uh-huh. So I think, I yeah, when I went in, I was just straight out of high school, 18. And then I think the second youngest person was 25. So I didn't really have any. So you didn't really have any real art training until like later in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to a figure drawing class twice a week my senior year of high school. And that was helpful. But um, and that was at Gage. I don't know if I was allowed to be in it <laughs> because I wasn't like out of high school. 18. Uh-huh. Yeah. But whatever. They oh, let you in. That's awesome. So yeah. another one of the things that uh, is really cool about what you do. Yeah. From my perspective is that you have an art practice yeah. and you also run a business. So you yeah. don't. You know, you don't go to an office every day. No. And, and uh, this is my office. Th- yeah, this is your office. This is your full time yeah. spot. So tell me about, I guess, take me from having your first art client. Yeah. D- when you had the first, when that letter came in the door, did right then you're like, wow, I can make a business out of this. Or no, what, what did that I didn't process think look like? That I, I thought, cool, some money coming my way. Uh, I kind of, I was super, um, I don't know. I just, I was in art school, so that was taking a lot of my time. And then I would just have, you know, my student that would come every Sunday for Mm -hmm. two hours. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really think, oh, I knew to expand on this business. I was just kind of like 18, like kind of doodling around in art school, like, you know, and then after that year, so my second year of art school, I got some restaurant jobs to kind of um, get more income. I don't know why I didn't just think, oh, I should expand my teaching business. Like I should do advertising. I just was like, I should, you know, have a normal job. Like this, this is an experience I should have. So I worked um, in catering and then I worked at this restaurant called Muse, which is kind of fancy. It's downtown and I would just, be at the studio from like nine to five and then I would be at the restaurant from like five to ten and then I don't know people just talk teletransport from the studio mm-hmm. to the just yeah I would instant. just oh yeah that's true actually <laughs> insert I'm kidding a very long period of me sitting in traffic Capitol Hill brutal yeah horrible especially second avenue those are long days though yeah they were really long days and then I eventually was able to quit that job just because people just kept talking. So honestly, my teaching business has just been kind of passive. It just grew it by It literally you, yeah. just grew on its own. Wow. And where is it at now? What amount of time per week are you spending um, on that? It fluctuates because right now, like, 
you know, people are always changing up their schedules or like new people are wanting to join. It's August right now. It's summertime. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people also in the studio, it's cooling off now that it's 9 PM, but yeah. Oh my gosh. During the day, it's like an oven of creative angst. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I would say probably 20 hours, maybe even like less at times, depending on, depending on just who's not, who's sick, quote unquote. Okay. Okay. Well, one of the things we were talking about before we started the cameras, microphones, not the cameras, um, was, well, first of all, you have a show in a week. Yeah. And you're still sitting down and taking an hour to chat yeah. with me. So let's start talking a little bit more about your creative process. creative process. Yeah, because I'm really interested in how you, I have a lot of questions around this, um, okay. but I think a lot of people struggle with, sure, they have some creative energy. There's a lot of creative people. I think humans are inherently creative. Yeah. And some more than others some more than others but it's a little bit suppressed in the way that we're taught in our education system (laughs) and in our society today yeah but that's kind of down another rabbit hole we can get to but I guess um how do you balance with your business and with doing things like this carving Mm -hmm. time out and how do you maximize your productivity like what is your productivity I'm asking way too many questions no what is your creative process I'll pick the one about the maximizing okay. productivity because that's the question that I literally ask myself every day. Um, it's it's the trickiest balance. A part of me is now realizing that a lot of being productive has to do with everything else that is going on in your life, right? So I remember when I first got out of art school, I thought that it just it doesn't matter what's going on. Like you need to like willpower, get in the studio, like tough it out, just paint, even though you, you know, maybe something else, maybe either like you're sleep deprived. You just had a fight with one of your friends. Like you like aren't into the piece that you're working on anymore. You messed it up the day before like it could be a number of things you haven't gone on a run you're just all in all in a but bad you, mood you would push through yeah you just push through um but then what i realize is that when you don't acknowledge other things in your life the productivity starts to kind of go down so it's kind of but it's kind of a hard balance because you kind of also have to shut yourself out from all of those other things when you're doing your painting you know your painting has to be kind of like everything like in your heart and everything and that you're thinking about Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a balance between like setting yourself up with like healthy relationships with you know family members like I know if I have like bad conversation right before Mm. I start painting and you have like negativity inside you that is going to come out on your painting Mm. and you're going to do something ugly Mm. um and so just really feeling out like okay what how am I feeling before you start painting so then you can actually just do more correct strokes instead of just kind of pushing it out and like ending up doing something bad and then getting more frustrated and then having to go back and then having just 
Like, you know, take an hour to go on a run. You'll probably paint faster, you know, or like take two hours to talk on somebody's podcast. You're probably going to paint better the next day. You're going to just be more inspired in general, you know, instead of having this mentality of Mm. like everything else is in my way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think just like making sure everything else in your life is good will make whatever you're working on. It doesn't even have to be a painting. It will make just your productivity skyrocket. Well, that's not, it's easier said than done it is though, easier because said than done. you have one week from now, you have a deadline regardless of, it you is, know, you yeah. have to get a lot of work done. So how do you put that, how do you store that in the back of your mind and kind of compartmentalize and actually go just clear your mind on the run and put everything away? Yeah. Well, like a lot of it has to do with being intentional when you're in the studio. So, you know, like for example, okay, you have to get this many paintings done in this amount of time. So what needs to get cut out? Okay. Like really complex color relationships probably can't do those for these last four. Like, okay, we're going to do monochrome. Like, okay. You know, and then when you're putting down the strokes, you're, you're never going on autopilot because there's no time to go on autopilot. You're dialed in. You're just like, okay, all of those times when I've been like, oh, I want to do this or I, I have a vision of myself doing blah, blah, blah. This happened to me today. This is the time <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Like, and so that's what I kind of love about short deadlines because it's actually amazing how much you can actually get done in a short period of time if you're in the right headspace. And it's just kind of like, okay, leaving it all on the table. It's kind of like when you're on a run and you're just kind of, you're just kind of, jogging for a lot of it because mm. you have to pace yourself but then when you get to that last like stretch you're like what else is left in me like yeah. literally that is when you go the hardest like right when you can see the finish line because it's just so satisfying to yeah. see it moving closer i love it the you know literally the last podcast <laughs> yeah before this one was my friend derek and i talking about just doing a half an Ironman and the same thing happened to me. I was cramping up the entire half marathon at the end of this race. And in the last mile, something mental happened is had nothing to do with my physical state. Yeah. You know, my muscles were still tired and I just was able to kind of run the last mile, even though I was hobbling the miles before that. Making art is very similar to running in that way. Mm. Like you go on waves of energy. Yeah. So you talked about a few things. One was, keeping your your life outside of the studio keeping in order in your relationships order. you yeah. mentioned um just your mood just it's, being it's aware. mostly uh-huh. your mood because and the reason i say all of that is like it's i'm not saying like you have to do your laundry because i need to do my laundry right now but like i'm still in a pretty good bed. mood i do have to make my bed every morning <laughs> and let's not get into that but like <laughs> like you have to go in with positivity Cause I used to think that it didn't matter as long as I just was focused enough and like focused hard enough, then I would get something good, but you have to have like positivity in you. And so sometimes, you know, your life isn't going well and you come in and your relationships are not good, but you still have to work. You're not going to just not work. Mm -hmm. So that's when you have to sit 
and seriously do some positivity meditation, like think of your vision, like literally just anything you can do to get your head in a good space, like anything, you know? What? So you do some meditation then? It's not even meditation because I don't really do the classic, like clear your mind, blah, blah, blah. I mostly, because I find that maybe sometimes I'll clear my mind, but, and maybe I should do that, but honestly I don't. (laughs) I mostly like, um, I kind of ask myself like, okay, wait, so what good are you doing everybody else in the world? You know, like what good are you doing your family? Like, how are you being useful? You being here in a bad mood, is that helping your family? No. Wow. So you basically... I pretty much just think about everybody in my life. The biggest questions that motivate you the most. Think about, like, the people that are kind of... uh, Should I go back? No, you're good. I just saved this microphone from falling, though. (laughs) Right in the middle of you saying something amazing. Hold on. I feel... I do talk a lot no, for no. my job. You talk a lot for your job? You talk to kids a lot? What do you mean? Well, like, I will ramble at them a lot of the times. Like, sometimes I'll talk to them and I'll want them to look at me when I'm talking, but <clears throat> sometimes I'll have a thought when they're uh, drawing or whatever, uh-huh. and they'll look at me and I'm like, no, no, just keep drawing. I'm just going to ramble at you for a second. So okay. they're like, okay. <laughs> so they, I don't even know if they're listening. But it doesn't really matter because sometimes I just need to say a thought out loud. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, totally. I love like I I do that all so, the time, especially like when I'm um, like hiking or something. I was just like talk to yourself. I was just mountain biking the other day. And do you talk to yourself often? Talk to myself. Yeah. Um, I'll say like words to myself. I don't like go into like <laughs> a lot of like exposition. <laughs> um, but I, like I'll just be like, yo, I just had this idea for this business. Like listen to this, and I'll just pitch it hard. Like yeah, I did it to my brother today. So it's kind of uh, I get distracted easily. I guess. No, totally. Okay, where were we? We were talking about. Uh, um, I don't even know what we were oh, talking about. Oh, I was talking about what um, motivates me to get out of those negative head yeah, spaces. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I pretty much just think about. Um, well, I don't want to let my family down. There's that, but that can't really be like your number one motivation. You know, just to like impress your family. Like it's not even to impress them. It's just that they've supported me so much and I'm just so grateful for how they've supported me as an artist that I'm like really wanting to show them. Yeah, I think a lot of people can resonate with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you know, think of your family and then think of all the people that you... I would potentially want to like meet or work with or just like the world, you know, I think about like wanting to expand like my knowledge of the world and instead of going and traveling, which I kind of will eventually do, I kind of think about my work as being like, um, the thing that's going to get me to explore eventually, you know what I mean? Like, yeah okay, if I work really hard, I'll get an opportunity and then I will explore that way. So you... I kind of think of my paintings as like a bridgeway to the unknown. 
I was you know trying I mean? to say something like that. And That's, I'm like, wow, yeah. I really want to go somewhere cool. How do I get there? I make this painting and I get out of this little funky mood. Yeah. So it's not yeah. necessarily about going somewhere physically, of course. Right. No, it is. Because the thing oh. is, is that if I make enough work and get some and get it out there, yeah. then it potentially could lead to like meeting Absolutely. a bunch of new people, so you, okay, new you friends. Okay, you are talking literally. I am it's talking. It's a vehicle, and that's literal you, expansion. Even though it is obviously, I am traveling metaphorically yeah. every day. But like, no, I was also, just I was yeah. wanted to clarify that. <laughs> it's it's an interesting point you bring up. You yeah. well, you brought up helping the world, yeah, making your family proud, and then also, we've got a motorcycle coming by. Also traveling you want to travel that's something that we haven't yeah. really talked deeply about but something that I've definitely valued highly in my life I'm going yeah. to Nepal in three weeks and yeah. I have pursued the path for the last two years of attempting to continue attempting to continue of developing my craft as a filmmaker as an yeah. editor because I see it as a way to potentially help the world through yeah. storytelling, but also yeah. to go travel and see some of these places that I'm so interested in and curious about. Totally. So I totally resonate with what you're saying here. Yeah. You can use your art and justify going somewhere, going to yeah. meet people that share similar interests. and Yeah, via opportunities mm -hmm. that, yeah, via opportunities and like connections business-wise, uh -huh. you know So what I let's mean? talk about it, community. Community. It's, as an Hard artist, you're in, in your studio here, you've got Carrie. I, I do have Carrie. But the community is, you know, you're kind of isolated here. So oh, yeah. how do you branch out and how do you get that? Like, how are you seeking those opportunities and totally. getting seen by people that are outside your inner circles? So that's been something that I've been sort of aware of like really making moves towards in the last few months, probably. Um, I would say, so there's the drunk in Capitol Hill. That's like a, it's like a drink and draw. Combine the, the two words. It turns into drunk. There's little, um, you know, figure drawing sessions around in Seattle. And actually I have a friend um, from middle school who actually just came back from traveling in Europe, just graduated, um, the UW and she's like wanting to go into some kind of creative field, but is unsure what. And she just sort of reached out to me and is now coming over and like helping me with a bunch of, um, kind of like business stuff, getting my work out there, just getting wow. myself out there in general. She's a very social kind of get out yeah. there kind of gal. And I'm like, a, I must finish this painting. Like, you know, I'm very like, uh, I just look at my painting and I kind of can't see anything else sometimes. So it's nice having her in here. It, you know, opens, uh, just kind of like opens up my vision, I guess. So I would say it allows you to focus your energy on what you want to focus on. Well, like you're it, able to delegate a little bit. Is that what you're saying? Not, a, not even just having somebody else's point of view uh. around you opens up your own point of view, you know, just having new blood around you. It creates, it just creates new 
parts inside of you, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so she just came out of nowhere? Had, uh, someone she, that you hadn't talked to since middle school? Yeah. she. Wow. I mean, she had been replying to my Instagram stories and then I saw her at a party and she just... I love how that's how we keep in contact in the millennial generation. I was like, oh, Caroline's... <laughs> she's can, she, you know, maybe bleep that word out. I don't know if she wants the name in. Um, but I'm like, Caroline is replying on my stories like oh she likes this stuff like we haven't talked since seventh grade but yeah i don't think i would have known without Mm -hmm. instagram very cool so that leads me right into i mean i follow you on instagram yeah and i love seeing your day-to-day little Little doodles and things that you're doing i'm always wondering like what's she working on over there yeah and you do publish all your work straight on actually i in the last couple months, I haven't posted any of my Instagram. That's you haven't one of the posted thing- any of your pieces? Sorry. Yeah, I haven't posted any of my pieces on my Instagram. Uh. Um, just because I've been really concerned with making them, especially with this story. I mean, especially with this show that's coming up. But I don't know. I think... When I left art school, I kind of had an existential crisis wandering time where I just didn't really know what I was doing at all. And other artists told me, oh, this is this is what you're supposed to feel when you leave art school. You're supposed to or just I honestly feel like that's kind of how everybody feels when they just leave college in general. It's like it's sort of like, wait, what do I want to keep doing the art that I was doing? doing an art school, you know, I was doing a lot more of a classical style when I was studying there. And I was like, but it doesn't really look like it fits with any of the like pop culture. Like, do I want to wait? Like what world do I want to go into? You know, I didn't really like that. The gallery world seemed super removed from everything that just your average person sees day to day, you know, it seemed very like kind of lofty. Um, should I stop talking? Yeah. One second. Yeah. We had a little technical difficulty right there. Now we're back. Sorry about that. We are back. Um, But you're talking about the gallery world and. Oh yeah. Gallery world. Um, small community. I am looking at artists like James Jean. He's doing movie posters like murals like he's collaborating with Prada and then he's also doing his own personal work and he's uh definitely one of the people that I look up to just because he seems like he's bridging the gap between like actually getting his art in front and integrated into into the culture and also showing in galleries um but yeah so I've just been kind of wondering and I still don't really know how I'm going to kind of ride that line because I definitely see myself having gallery shows Mm -hmm. in the future it's just I don't really like the they seem um and not all of them are like this but some of them just seem a little bit cold um well it's a business right the galleries yeah they're there to sell your work yeah they are and I guess when I walk into it, I don't know. There's something about gallery shows. Sometimes I'm just like, sometimes I wonder if art is meant to just exist as art or if it's meant to assist 
something. Something. Like, like, um, like for example, like just going into a space and just having there be art instead of like going to the space and there's no action involved, I guess, in like an art show except for gazing at the art. But then I don't know. I've just always kind of had this thought and I guess I don't want anybody to think that I'm like against art shows or anything. Yeah. You're never going to get one. Uh, Cause <laughs> no. they'll be like, Oh, she's stupid. No, I that's mean, obviously art shows are fun. Like you talk to people and, um, it's cool. You get to show what you've been working on and just like, they're fun. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes they just have a kind of, they, it seems like they're missing something Mm. and I'm just not really sure what that is. I think it might be an element of involvement with the audience, you know, like they're just going to be an audience member, but they're not going to, really participate unless they're gonna drop quite a lot of money to participate i see do you know what i mean yeah no like i i feel like what people are yearning for is a kind of something that they can actually take part in and participate in and i feel like the art show is great but it just kind of lacks a little bit of that it's like you are here to observe yeah Do you think social media or like things like Patreon or like those types of online platforms like could be better than just an art show where maybe a hundred people show up, gaze at the art and go home? No, no, no. I definitely think the art shows are important because I think it's important to see the works in person. I think that's so valuable. Mm. Um, But you're talking about it being actually involving and actually assisting something. Yeah, like I don't really know what it would be assisting, but like I feel like the art could be assisting like in a kind of, that's why I kind of like the idea of illustration sometimes, although, you know, like all the fine artists are going to be like, ooh, Maddie, (laughs) she's left us. (laughs) She's going into illustration. But I still like love painting and everything, but I like the idea of illustration because it is a collaborative thing of creating um, just like, why I'm saying a lot of likes. It's just, it's like the art is a part of a greater vision. You know what I mean? It's not just standing alone. It's like, oh, we want something. We want it to have, we want these clothes and I'm just going to use clothes because that's easy. We want these clothes to have a certain feeling. So we're going to have you do some designs and then put them on the clothes and then people are going to wear them. And then it's more interactive. You know what I mean? And, and there's a purpose behind it. It's a little bit more purposeful or like, I think when the art is used in storytelling, for example, like if you have a story, then I think there's a little bit more involvement. Like people Mm. can be more involved in the story rather than a purely aesthetic experience. Okay. Do you know what I mean? This is perfect because the documentary that I was telling you about recently that I've been working on about the artist, Tony Foster is really hits on what you're talking about here. He's got this He's, he's a, um, he's been an artist for 35 years and he's been supporting himself in this way. That's very unique, which is he sells 
basically sells raffle tickets to one of a number on a series of paintings. Mm -hmm. And then he takes the the funds from the people who are basically uh, investing in him. And he yeah. goes on the trip and here he travels to some remote destination in the world. And he paints, let's say, 12 or 15 paintings. And then he comes back and he says, OK, everybody, if you put in 5000 or or $1,000, you take a number. And then, you know, we basically draw straws to see who gets to pick paintings. And that's awesome. It's this really cool thing where the people who are buying the art, they feel involved in supporting the artist literally. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to make the art. Sometimes they actually go on the trips with him and they'll be carrying his stuff and making him dinner. And that's um, awesome. See, he that is a good, yeah. yeah, that's good. Like that's the whole story there, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we need more of that. We do need more of that. <laughs> For sure. And, and so you're trying to figure out a way that you can get your art in the world, support yeah. yourself, kind of balance all these things. It sounds yeah. like you haven't figured it out. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We've well, got yeah, time. I think, um, the more I get out there, you know, that's kind of the thing of like, if once you start getting out there more, and showing your work more, then you just don't really know who's gonna see a use for you. You know what I mean? Like who's gonna... Like who you're gonna meet. Like who, you know, you might meet somebody who's like, yeah, I need somebody to do a portrait of so-and-so for this movie I'm shooting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like mm -hmm. stuff like that. Or like, I don't know, I met this videographer and he needed doodles for this music video that he was making. So I made some doodles and then huh. they were in the video. Oh, it's wow. just kind of like stuff like that to where, I don't know, one random little interaction mm -hmm. just like leads to another one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I like it. You're, so you, you, you basically, you're casting a net out there. Yeah, kind of. Getting out the more in the world, the more people that see your work. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a specific direction that you're taking your work? I know, yeah. I know back up a couple, maybe a year or so you were doing more single pieces and now you're doing yeah. more story based. Yeah. So I did do a couple stories and that was really helpful because it really helped orient my brain on what I was even making my art about, which I realized is a really big question that a lot of artists are asking themselves when they're kind of in that leaving art school phase, just from what I've, um, from what I've, from the conversations that I've had with other artists, once you learn the skills, you're kind of in this weird limbo space where you don't really know where to go next because when you're learning how to paint and when you're learning how to look at something and draw it accurately it's a very easy trajectory it's like okay all I need to do is learn how to make something look real and then at the end of that road I will have accomplished my goal I'll be happy and then I'll just you know use that skill and, yeah. and make some realistic art and that that will be my life. But the thing is, then you get to the end of that goal and you're like, wait, what is the point? Like, what is the meaning? You know, why am I spending all of this energy to make this thing? Like, why is it even valuable? And then you start going into this spiral of like, you don't have, you don't have a goal anymore because you don't know what your art is going to be about. And you don't know what, why you even learn the skill. But when you didn't know the skill and you didn't have any skills, it was really easy to know where to go I because see. 
everybody was better than you. The purpose was developing the skill. The purpose was developing the skill. And then once you develop the skill, obviously you're always going to be developing the skill, but there comes a point where it's like, okay, you have to say something with it, you know, find your voice. Exactly. And that's where really paying attention to the world comes in. You know, because when you're learning the skill, you can kind of be a hermit and just kind of hold yourself in and just learn learn the skill. But then once you actually have to contribute to the world, you have to be more aware of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's kind of where, uh, you know, being in the good mindset and the positive mindset comes in. But what I really found was helpful for me in finding kind of what I want to say with my art. And I still don't know, obviously for, for certain. And I don't think that it would be a smart idea to like start really pinning things down. Like this is what it's about because that's kind of usually when things start looking bad, (laughs) but the stories kind of helped, uh, provide a narrative um because there's something about time that I really like like the description of time and then just seeing uh, another reality manifest itself in front of you over time mm. um and I don't and so know for a little context the the series that you're referring to yeah is uh describe it just okay briefly. so there were two stories um there's about two weeks of storyboarding that goes into them and then maybe like three or four weeks of drawing out the stories. They're each like 20 pages, no words. Um, But the first story is pretty much about a girl who works at a bakery and it was actually from personal experience of when I worked at a bakery over the summer. And it's pretty much just the story um, of her day, like working at the bakery, serving people that don't notice her and just noticing everybody, you know, the bakery is really crowded and you're just serving people, um, you know, sugar, (laughs) things that they want and they just see the sugar and they don't see you really. Um, and it's just kind of that feeling of kind of when you just sort of feel like not, um, like you're seeing a lot and other people are coming to you, but it's not for you. It's for what you're giving them, you know? So it's kind of that feeling and you're sort just of a cog. You're kind of just, yeah, you're it's faceless. like, you're just, yeah. People yeah. are like, you're, yeah, you're just kind of like, okay, I'm doing this job, but you know, and you kind of wonder, does the main character even know that she's not being seen? You know what I mean? Because sometimes when you don't even know yourself, you don't even realize that nobody's seeing you because you aren't you aren't even seeing you. Wow. Whoa. That is deep. <laughs> but but true. But true. And so then when you start growing and you were realizing that you start to realize the the difference, you know. But um the difference between like what people are actually seeing when they're interacting with you. Cause you're like, Oh, that part of me that I know, I don't know if they see that. Mm. But, um, anyway, that's aside from the point of the story. The point of the story is it's pretty much just about her day. Yeah. Um, that's the first story. 
it's very simple. Um, Sounds like it's not very simple. Sounds like there's a lot to be... <laughs> Pretty basic. There's a lot All to right, be delved into. Next story. And, and <laughs> of course, when you're just listening to audio, you can't see this. So people are going to have to search and find yeah. this. Where can they find if they want to see the story? Okay. The story about the girl at the bakery is on Reddit. And Reddit. it should be on my... Actually, you know, it's going to be on my website. It's on my website. Amazing. Just Let's just say it's on my website. You got to finish your website, huh? <laughs> Yeah, actually, you know what? I, I was like in the middle of publishing this on my website and I didn't have Wi-Fi for where I was. And so the circle just kept going around and around, but it was like all of the photos were going on the folder and I like made the folder and everything. So all I really need to do is go home and just kind of Perfect. do the last little click. Amazing. So, and what is your website? MadelineOwenStudio.com. MadelineOwenStudio.com. Let me just double check that that is correct. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Da, 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 da. Perfect. Madeline Owen Studio? Yep. MadelineOwenStudio.com. I should change it to Madeline Artist because that's my Instagram. But Got to keep your brand yeah. lined up. I know. I struggle with the whole brand thing too. I don't need to. My Twitter is Madeline Artist. Like, what am I? I'm calling this podcast the Adventure Creator Studio. The Adventure Creator Studio. The Adventure Creator Podcast. Yeah. Because I started my Instagram and I called it Adventure Creator. Yeah. Because I was thinking, okay, if I'm going to be a photographer, I can make my thing Kyle Huber Photography. Yeah. Or I can think of something creative and just right there off the top of my head, I was like, what are the two words that kind of like <laughs> synthesize what I'm, what I'm going after here? And so adventure creator. And for the same reason that I started be taking I like photos, adventuring yeah. <laughs> and creating. So exactly. Well, yeah. for the same reason I started taking photos, I'm starting this podcast cause I'm curious and I, yeah, totally. I want to explore what is out there. Yeah. And I want to learn from people like you and I've, this has been so amazing already and we have, yeah. I'm sure lots more to talk about, but, um, where were we? We were talking about... Oh, man. Uh, we were just, talking about my story. We were talking about your story. Okay, okay. so people can find you at MadelineOwenStudio.com. And both of the stories will be up there. More art will be coming. Maybe even a link to this podcast will be up there. Yes. But uh, for now, okay. I want to ask you about the painting of Jordan Peterson. Oh, Okay. Because I thought it was so interesting when I saw it. It's such a, it's on your Instagram, correct? Yes. It's such a jarring image. Yeah. And when I uh, saw that, I, I was just thinking get like. very good feedback on it. Didn't get very good feedback. When I was in art school. No. Just because of the subject? Well, people didn't even know. So when I did that painting. Now you're whispering. When I did that painting. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like, just because we're talking about Jordan Peterson, I have to feel like I have to whisper. <laughs> Well, you know, some people, uh, they think that he's a bad guy for some reason, but from my researched opinion and from, I think a lot of, uh, you know, kind of hours of listening to him and hearing different perspectives, I think he means well. Yeah. And that painting depicts that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. So that painting was right after he just had his big break of, uh, attention after releasing those videos on the bill c 16 so let's give a little more context jordan peterson so jordan peterson so he was a professor at the university of toronto he did a personality lecture series and a maps of meaning lecture series both of the lecture series are like i don't know 20 lectures each lecture is like two and a half hours 
And he had been documenting them since like 2014, 2015. And so all of his lectures, lectures. recording all of his lectures. Mm -hmm. So his lectures were just online. Wow. Somebody out there is not happy. Awesome. They're just driving by honking the horn. Yep. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough out there. Yeah. People living in It is rough out there. Yeah. You go step right outside the studio. You're in someone's puke. Or you're in someone's home, I should say, someone's <laughs> That's backyard. That's why the rent's cheap. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Jordan Peterson. Um, okay, so th- then he released these videos, like literally I think he released them in the wee hours of the night. Like he looks very sleep deprived. Mm. But it was about the Bill 16, about um, informing, sorry, enforcing gender pronouns in Canada in Canada yeah Yeah. and he was just talking about how he wasn't sure about the bill he wasn't sure how he felt about it like he didn't know if it would be good for the government to get involved with such things and so with enforcing speech with enforcing speech so yeah we'll just leave that at that um but pretty much those videos kind of went crazy like people just jumped on them like there were there was a an anti-peterson protest at the university of toronto probably a couple weeks after the release of those videos um and there that uh that painting actually was based on a photo that was taken from the anti-peterson protest Mm -hmm. where he was being surrounded by these questioning angry teenagers and uh there were only probably 20 or so people in the photo but for some reason when I was painting it and he wasn't that famous at this time you know it was just kind of this little scandal yeah I didn't realize how long but ago I had you been, painted that I did like 2016 wow. so but I had been following his lectures beforehand so I like um I was like, oh my gosh, he's kind of having this little scandal now. You were kind of involved in his process. Yeah. You're talking about involvement, right? Exactly. It's very involved. And then um, I would even, I even wrote him an email asking him if I could do the painting um, because I was talking to my teacher about it and he didn't think it was a good idea. He was like, you don't know this guy. You don't know if he's a good or a bad guy. And I'm like, I've listened to like... 20 plus hours of him talking about psychology and philosophy. (laughs) Like he's decent. Okay. Like I haven't even listened to you lecture that long. (laughs) Still figuring you out. My teacher didn't really lecture (laughs) that much. It's okay. He was great. (laughs) Um, but yeah. And then when I did the painting, I kind of had this thought like, Oh, I should make it seem like he's in a sea of like millions of people. Cause I feel like he's going to get super famous. Yeah. Well, you, and he you did. You kind of knew it, huh? And he did get super famous. Well, that's the great thing about art. You can, I was take like, some creative I see liberty. in the painting. I knew. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So you saw the fact that there were some students mad at him and you saw, well, this is not going to end here. I kind of just thought that he was going to get really popular. Wow. But because, you know, I just... What interested you about him? Stop listening to his lectures. I, um, you know, I like talking about ideas and stuff. I mean, I, 
I like philosophy. Um, that's a bad answer. X that. <laughs> no, that's good. You like <laughs> no, 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 talking no. about things. Here's and the philosophy. thing: is that I was going to art school, and like my day was, you show up. Maybe your teacher's there. Maybe he's not. Half the time he's not. Um, which is not because he's a bad teacher. It's just you know he would only come in two days a week. So you get there, you start painting on this painting, you paint for three hours, you eat, you paint for three more hours, then you either go to your job or you like paint for three more hours. And it's just like a lot of skill building painting sort of thing. And there isn't a lot of like, what is the meaning of this? Or like, you know, history or Mm. philosophy or any of that. And that really like fuels me. I see. So if I can put words in your mouth, he sort of filled a void of... He filled a void of that really needed to be filled. You had a lot of energy going into just working and working and working. You were wondering... You had another side of your brain that was not being tapped into. Yeah, totally. Like the side of like literally creating order in your life, you know, like, why is that even, why does that even matter? You know, and that actually has really helped me. Like sometimes I'll even think of Jordan Peterson, like, okay, if there's something in your life that you know, you shouldn't be doing and you continue to do it, you know what I found actually, and this isn't Jordan Peterson, this is my own life now, but if I don't do those things that I know I should do, my paintings suffer. If you don't do the things you should do. Sorry. If I'm neglecting my responsibilities. I see. Like if I leave a pile of laundry on my chair for too long, somehow that laundry pile, bad energy, will just like follow me throughout my day. Hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I need a clean space in order yeah. to work efficiently and organized. I'm not militant about it. I'm no, not, I'm not militant yeah, either, like, um, as you can see. Yeah, when I, when I get into work mode, things start going everywhere. Oh, Messes yeah. get made. And then yeah. when I have to kind of start another brick of, of working, yeah. I definitely need it clean for that. So I can. Yeah. The thing is, though, about Jordan Peterson that I think he does, I have noticed just after so many years of listening so much and just I'm pretty up to date with like all the the news around him usually um oh by the way his sister bought that painting his sister yeah bought the painting of him how big was it uh four feet by three feet oh my goodness I never saw it in person I just saw it on an Instagram post yeah so it was like that size you know on its side that size of you're pointing at the wall there's another amazing piece that you're pointing at yeah that no one can see. Nobody can see. But it. maybe someday they'll see it. Yeah, maybe someday you'll do video. Of some of your art? Or just like, you no, know, do video <laughs> for your podcast. Oh, video. yeah. Yeah, maybe. You know, once the adventure <laughs> creator gets really. Once I have like an assistant editor and I can hand all that off. Yeah. Totally. I'm uh, one of the things that's so great about podcasting and you're talking about being interested in Jordan Peterson. I'm, yeah. I was, I came across him through the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, yeah. So probably when majority of those wave of new listeners came across him yeah. was after that show. It's a really popular show. Um, yeah. If anyone hasn't heard of it, it's one of the most downloaded podcasts. Yeah. Period. Um, and 
it filled a void for me too, slightly different because yeah. I wasn't working in a studio by myself all yeah. the time, but I'm actually, what am I saying? I take that back. Wait, I am working that's in a studio. Your life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm editing <laughs> videos in a studio. I'm not painting. So it's a slightly different thing. And I do do some, you know, I'm on the phone. I'm, um, doing stuff like that, but there is a void there where I'm thinking my brain is, there's yeah. a ton of stuff that and I want to think about. Think and if you can't have a conversation with someone like we're doing right yeah. now, then who are you going to, what are you going to do? You're going to listen to a podcast, which is what's so cool about podcasting and specifically long form. Yeah. Cause you're not constrained to some short little window. If we had six minutes to talk, what would we have said? It would have been such a bad conversation. Like yeah. if this was on TV and we only had six minutes or whatever. It would have said. Like this is Maddie Owen. And, in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of people obviously have felt that void because, I mean, you don't even have to be alone every day painting to have a void. Mm. Like you can just be living any kind of life and have a void if you don't know why you're doing something. I think people just are having trouble knowing why they're doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Definitely I just, know I think it's interesting that like he literally, so many people just glommed on like, honestly, I mean, I think Jordan Peterson's interesting and all, but I think the phenomenon of Jordan Peterson says so much about what's happening right now. Like there's some kind of like starvation happening. People are hungry to be, I don't know if it's creative like or intellectual, souls their souls, their souls are starving. You know, like, That's a good honestly, way to put it. you think like sometimes I'll be at the gym and they play ads all the time. And I'm just like looking at these ads, but I'm listening to my own music. So I don't like actually hear the ads, but I'm just watching all of the ads. Just there's nothing else to watch at the gym. And I noticed that in every ad doesn't really matter what they're selling. Like they're selling the same thing every time happiness, smiling, just kind of like a meaningful yeah. life, yeah. like, like heaven on earth, mm. you know? And, and, um, this guy, Paul Vanderclay, have you heard of him? No, I haven't. He's good. I listened to him lately. Uh, he was talking, he actually got his, uh, I think he got his break or whatever based on doing, videos on Jordan Peterson, but he was talking about how Jordan Peterson talks a lot about the, the kind of like take up your cross and walk uphill. And that's sort of bear his your, bear your burden, bear your burden, mm -hmm. you know, and suffering is part of life. Yeah. And just mm -hmm. kind of like you, you should have a life that makes your suffering worthwhile. And that's kind of the, the, his message or in, you know, very condensed, um, but Paul Vanderclay is like talking, you know, Jordan talks about going up the hill, but like what's at the top of the hill? Why doesn't he talk about that? You know? And he's, he thinks that it's just cause he doesn't know, but. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's it. Right. It's, right. That's why I think a lot of people in our generation, you're talking about finishing college, having this sort of like existential crisis. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? Sure. I've built some of these skills and I was mm -hmm. kind of told my whole life that if I go this path, that da, there's da, something da, da, there yeah. mm -hmm. and you get there and yeah, maybe there's something yeah. there. And I just was thinking about this the other day as I, I turned 25 the other day and I was thinking like, you know, 
I had this professor in college, I guess I'll just tell you this quick anecdote. You probably read what I wrote on my Instagram post, but (laughs) he literally said there's three types of people when you graduate college. Everyone has to support themselves, so you have to make money. So some people love what they do and those people are lucky. They can keep doing what they do, support themselves financially, it's great. There's another group of people that hates what they do. They also are okay because they need to switch. They can find something that they like more and keep moving forward and change. But then there's this third group of people in the middle. (laughs) And these are the folks that are at risk of waking up at the age of 50 and wondering where the last 25 years just went. Yeah. And when he said that to me, he said, well, he didn't say that to me. He said that to our entire class. He, He prefaced it by saying, if you don't remember anything else from the semester, remember this. And that's all I remember. And it scares the heck out of me to think that. And so, yeah, that's kind of why you need deadlines because it makes you live that life that you want to live, even if you can only do it like until the deadline and then you pass out after you've just worked your ass off and maybe, and, uh, like, I, I don't know. I feel like the deadlines kind of keep you aware of I don't know. Yeah, I guess. So this is a question that I wrote down on this piece of paper that I haven't looked at this entire time. But one of the biggest challenges people face is this like action paralysis. Yeah. Like a lot of people are creative. A lot of people have great ideas. I hear it all the time. No, I've got this great idea for this cool thing. But then I never, you don't take, people don't take the necessary action to bring it into reality. Honestly, yeah, so many people, including me. So do the deadlines provide that? Yeah, they kind of are like, okay, you know that thing that you've always wanted to do? Well, here's this opportunity. So this is your time to do that thing Mm -hmm. that you've always wanted to do. So just creating those for yourself is just, it's, it, it condenses you into a tight little space, you know, where you have to take out things, you know, okay, I can't do that. Like, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough time. And you know, when you start having all these restraints on yourself, um, you know, you're less indulgent, you know, there's less Uh. noodling around like, okay, well we don't have time for this, you know, because sometimes when you don't have a deadline, you're like, well, I know the painting looks like this, or I know I've been doing this, but I kind of just want to explore and try something else. And then you're exploring for a week Mm -hmm. or two weeks and you haven't made anything at the end. And you're just, it, it's nice for a while to wander. And it's kind of like the party's nice for a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some point it's time to call the Uber and go home. Exactly. (laughs) Get to bed. It's like, yeah. So I think that, um, like just the deadline keeps you from being indulgent and like sometimes just when you say indulgent, you're kind of, you're almost, it just keeps you on track. It keeps you focused. It keeps you driven. Yeah. You can be indulgent with your work and like the, the, the reason that I say that is because it's, it's not a, It's like you're looking at the painting and you're going, this is good, but what if it was like this? Instead of just moving on to the next painting, Uh, you're you're just sort of like, well, this isn't exactly what I wanted. So I'm just going to try and change it around just kind of for my own sake. It's almost just like 
art masturbation. It's like, you're just like, what <laughs> are you there. doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's too funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that um, when you have the deadline, it's like, okay, there's no time for like doing this, doing that, just kind of changing stuff around. It's like, nope, move on in this piece. Move so on as, this an, piece. as an independent yeah. person, that no one's putting you on these deadlines. I know. So you put, it sounds like you put yourself on one for next week, but how do you yeah. put, like, how do you find these things and how do you strategize on that? Yeah. Um, well, that's something that I definitely haven't been good at, but I think that having in mind, like, um, kind of a plan for your piece ahead of time. Even if you don't hit the deadline, at least you have a plan that you're sticking to. You know, maybe you'll come close to the deadline, but like when I went to art school, there wasn't a lot of planning before you started your pieces. You just kind of had some reference photos and sort of like went in, maybe did like a little bit of a pre-sketch, but there was no like color studies or anything like that. And um, it made it so there was a lot of wandering around on the canvas. And so if you just have a plan, and this is works for me because honestly, I'm too experimental. Like as an artist, I think I need to kind of be a little bit more like consistent in my uh, approach. So everybody has their own thing that I they need, to, need be, to do. You're speaking, you're preaching to the choir. I need to be more focused too. Yeah. And just, you know, what I really realized is that the experimentation in the art really came from a place of, I don't want to say the word indulgence again, because I keep using it, but it came from a place of like perfectionism, wanting something more, mm. you know, you're like, I see what you're and so you're like, uh, yeah, I've done. So like right now I'm doing pretty much like a bunch of portraits. That's the series. It's like white space, colorful abstraction, something colorful portrait. That's the piece. And just variations on a theme, you know, 10 times. That's the series. That's what I'm doing. I'm not deviating. But like <laughs> <laughs> beforehand, it was like, you know, I would even find myself in this series going like portraits, man, I've already done four like there's no story here. Like I start criticizing like uh, how it's not enough stimulation for me, you know? Oh, like wanting there's more. no yeah. story. Like I'm like this kind yeah. of not satisfied enough with yeah. what I have created or yeah. what I have thought of as my original idea instead of just being like, you know what? This new idea that I'm thinking of just doing right now instead of this project that I originally set out to do, that's for after I finish this project, <laughs> you know, what do you do? Do you write it down somewhere and just kind of put it out of your mind? Um, if you if have it's a cool idea, really, if it's really, um, if it's really pressing, I'll do like a little sketch, but if it's really pressing, you know, uh -huh. but sometimes I, sometimes I don't, sometimes I'm like, if you're important enough, you'll come back and they will. If they're important enough, if they're important enough. Yeah. Instead of being like, every little idea I have to have do, to capture, yeah. you know, it's like, nah, those ideas, they come and go, huh. you know, I like, like shallow friends. <laughs> <laughs> like shallow friends that come and go. Hopefully they go and don't come back. <laughs> yeah. Be gone. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I think that's a great place to end. Yeah. I, this was 
wonderful. <laughs> you are like a just like a ball of wisdom over here. I didn't even realize. Every time I talk to you, it's like <laughs> we just go so deep. And this conversation just keeps going. As soon as we turn these microphones off, I'm sure we're going to keep talking oh, about yeah. some interesting things. You guys things, are going to miss it all. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me in your space. Thank you, Carrie, for letting us distract you for the last hour and a half. Carrie says it's inspiring alright well if if you're an artist listening to this keep making stuff and if you're another person you know hopefully you can take something away from this conversation Um, I know I sure did and if you want to follow Maddie on Instagram Maddie how can we find you on Instagram Madeline Artist that would be at Madeline Artist well yeah and spell it out yeah M-A-D-E L-I-N-E, artist. That's like made in line. Made in line. Madeline Artist. Madeline Artist. At Madeline Artist. At Madeline Artist. And I'll actually put the link to your Instagram in the the description of the podcast. Awesome. If you're listening to this, just scroll on down and make sure you follow Maddie because there's lots of cool stuff coming. Amazing. I also did make a YouTube channel. Do tell. Uh... If you're curious enough, you'll find it. Okay. Use, use your brain. Use Google. <laughs> <laughs> Only for it. those who really want to know. Just anybody watching this or listening. Yeah. Um, these videos are pretty embarrassing, and that's why I didn't want to say the link. Actually, just <laughs> cut that whole part out. <laughs> no, we're not cutting that out. I guess before we go, I guess one last question. Yeah. I asked, um, I think I just asked Zach, my friend who was on the second podcast, if you were to give yourself one piece of advice five years ago, uh, what would it be? Where, how old was 18? I was 18. Um, okay. Wait, I, I got to think. Okay. Can I, can I, you're going to edit out the thinking time, right? Sure. Okay. Listen to your gut. Yeah. Like, if you're feeling weird about something, regardless of what it is, um, you're probably onto something. Like, your gut is almost never wrong. Um, so whether that is a painting where you're thinking, I have this gut feeling that the eyes are like on two different levels, you know, the proportions are off. Mm -hmm. You're probably right about that. If that's what you're thinking, like, or if it's like a person where you're like, I'm not sure about, you know, such and such things about this relationship or just your painting or your career or like, I don't know if I should go to this school or just, I don't know. I guess when I was 18, I sort of rationalized how my gut was wrong. And every single time I just was like, man, I wish I listened to my gut. So, uh, you know, Listen to that little voice in the back of your head that's like, hey. Listen. You know, you should really maybe do blah, blah, blah. Like, have you thought about blah, blah, blah? Like, that voice is your friend. That's what I have to say. Awesome. What a beautiful way to end this conversation. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.